guys. Today, we're going to continue my series, how cognitive illusions prevent you from building the life that you actually want. This is part three. So if you're just jumping into the series, here's how you can get caught up. In the intro, I told you how cognitive illusions systematically prevent people from building the lives they actually want. And they do this by causing people to make decision after decision based on faulty thinking. And I told you that once you know what these illusions are, you can combat them with signposts that let you know when you've entered the cognitive illusion zone and external structure to help you navigate through the illusion. Because you won't be able to trust your instincts, you'll have to use the structure. Then in part one of this series, we talked through cognitive illusion number one, anchoring to the negative. And in part two, we talked about cognitive illusion number two, trying to do it right. Today, we're talking about cognitive illusion number three, making it personal. So let's say you go on a date with someone and they tell you they don't want to see you again. Or you're leading an initiative at work and it's not going very well. Or you notice that you're criticizing yourself again, even though you said you were trying to be more confident and do that less. In all of these situations, your brain can be very tempted to make it personal or make it a me problem. And by that, I mean your brain identifies you as the cause of the problem. Not something you did, but who you are fundamentally as a person. It'll tell you things like, they didn't want a second date with me because I'm not attractive enough. Or that initiative at work failed because I'm bad at my job. Or I have negative self-talk because I have a chronic self-esteem problem. Notice how these are broad, unchangeable blanket statements. Your brain is really good at taking specific facts and turning them into broad, general statements. So according to your brain, when one person rejects you on a date, which is a specific fact, that means you're not attractive, which is very broad in general. Or when one initiative goes badly at work, which is a specific fact, that means you're bad at your job, which is broad and general. Or when, for two hours in the morning, your automatic brain gets very self-critical and you can't figure out how to combat it, which is a specific fact, your brain makes that mean, I have a chronic self-esteem problem, which is broad and general. And because your brain tends to turn specific facts into broad general statements, it also tends to turn solvable process problems into unsolvable me problems. So if you had said, they didn't want a second date with me because I showed up to a nice restaurant in dirty sweatpants, that would be a process problem. It's related to something that you did, not who you fundamentally are as a person. And therefore, it's changeable if you want to change it. But because your brain turns specific facts into general statements, it jumped to the conclusion, they didn't want a second date with me because I'm not attractive enough. And I'm not attractive enough is a me problem. It's related to who you are on a fundamental level, to your identity, not to something you did. And therefore, it doesn't feel very changeable. It feels like a horrible, ugly curse that you're just stuck with. And when something is a me problem, there are only two possible solutions. Solution one, give up, wallow in what a horrible person you are, and resign yourself to never having what you want. Or solution two, Believe that there's something fundamentally wrong or flawed or ugly or bad in the core of who you are, and then do a bunch of self-improvement and self-development work from a place of shame and self-rejection. 
Now, both of these solutions will lead you to create the life that you don't want. Obviously, if you just give up, resign yourself to never having what you want and wallow in what a horrible person you are, you will not create the life you want. That one's pretty obvious. The second scenario is more subtle. You can do a lot of self-improvement work and make real tangible gains in your skill sets and in your results. But when you do it all from the belief that there's something fundamentally wrong or flawed or ugly or bad in the core of who you are, you can do all that work, you can get all those tangible results, and you only feel even more certain that there's something fundamentally wrong or flawed or ugly or bad in the core of who you are. The whole pursuit becomes one long, desperate escape from yourself. And when it succeeds, that is when you actually get tangible results from doing all this stuff, it just looks like further proof that there is something rotten at your core. And you do have to just keep running from it faster and faster. And often, this kind of success is incredibly unsustainable. Hating, shaming, and rejecting yourself is poor fuel, and it runs out quickly. And the unsustainability of this kind of success is actually a gift. When you suddenly just can't go down this path anymore, externally, it might look like burnout or self-sabotage or a midlife crisis. But it's actually a gift from the part of you that won't reject yourself any longer. From the part of you that rises up and says, enough, I won't do this anymore because I refuse to keep hating who I am. And I refuse to keep flogging myself. When you go after self-improvement, growth, achievement, success from a self-hating starting point, the wisdom of your own self-protective system will stop you soon enough. But I'd rather that you just not go down that path at all. So here's how you can combat this cognitive illusion. First off, the signposts that will let you know when you've entered the cognitive illusion zone. When you're facing a problem, ask your brain, what do you think is the root cause of this problem? If your brain's answer to that question is a broad blanket statement about who you are as a person, your brain's response is something like, the problem is I'm not blank enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not confident enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm not productive enough, et cetera, et cetera. Or if it's something like, the problem is I'm bad at blank. I'm bad at sports, bad at time management, bad at dating, bad at managing my finances, et cetera, et cetera. Or if your brain's diagnosis is, I can't blank. I can't do math. I can't decorate a room. I can't fit in with that group of people. Or if it's something like, I am blank. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a perfectionist. I'm lazy and inconsistent, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, if your brain is diagnosing the root cause of a problem that you're facing as a broad blanket statement about who you are as a person, you have entered the making it personal cognitive illusion zone. Stop following your instincts and use external structure to navigate through. So here's some of these external structure that you can use. First of all, here's a secret. No problems are you problems. All problems are process problems. Let me tell you why. All problems are specific. Problems occur at specific moments in time, not just like generally. Nothing happens generally. For example, you don't have a bad relationship with your boss. That doesn't just kind of hang in the air like a cloud. You actually have specific conversations, emails, and meetings with your boss, which are all specific moments that your brain is generalizing into, we just have a bad relationship. 
Second, all problems are caused by something that you're doing or not doing, not by who you are as a person, because who you are as a person is like an abstract concept in your head that doesn't cause anything. So for example, you don't have bad meetings with your boss because you're bad at your job. That's an abstract concept that's not causing anything. You have bad meetings with your boss because you're misaligned on what the team priorities should be. And you've stayed misaligned because every time you've tried to advocate for something different, you got flustered, you lost your confidence, and you caved in. Very specific. And third, all the things you do and don't do are changeable. Some of the things you do and don't do might be on autopilot, and it might take time and creativity to build a new habit. Or you may be really used to doing what you do, and it might feel crazy or really unfamiliar to do anything different. And you might even decide you don't want to change what you're doing or it's not worth the effort and that is totally valid. But all the things you do and all the things you don't do are 100% changeable. So using the bad relationship with your boss example, if you consistently get flustered and lose confidence in front of your boss, you could practice what you're going to say. You could think through the questions they're likely to ask and be ready with responses. You could ask them a lot of questions and understand where they're coming from and then tie your suggestions to their goals and priorities. And if all problems are specific and caused by things that you did or didn't do, and you can change what you do or don't do, then all problems are process problems. So here's what you can do specifically to combat this cognitive illusion. When you realize that you have entered the making it personal cognitive illusion zone, stop and ask yourself, how is this a process problem? In what specific moments is this problem occurring? It's not general, it's always specific. What process is causing this problem? How is it being caused by things you're doing and not doing? Not by who you are as a person. And how can you make a plan to do something different if you want to? And if we work together, here's how we can take this, take this work even deeper. We can dig into why you are currently doing what you're doing. We can understand the automatic thoughts and feelings that are driving you. And we can see how it's not laziness or low confidence or any other character flaw, but how it actually makes total sense for the logical system that your automatic brain has built up. And then we can deliberately decide how you want to think and feel. Now, this is work that is incredibly valuable to do with somebody else, especially a trained professional. It is really easy to just go around in circles in your own head. I do that all the time, which is why I talk to a coach every single week, non-negotiable. And your friends or your family or your spouse might not be the best equipped to show you the story that your brain is creating, not just believe your story, and to hold space for you to figure out your own answer, not just give you advice or try to solve your problem for you. A coach can help you see your own story, not just believe it. A coach has a million suggestions for what else you could possibly think and do and feel in this situation. And a coach knows how to ask questions and stay quiet. So you can come up with the right answer for you. And then the next thing we'll do is make a specific implementation plan. How and where and when are you going to deploy your new thinking? How will you get enough reps to make this a new mental habit that actually overwrites your old one? A coach can help you make sure that that plan is doable and realistic for the life that you're actually living and provide structure and accountability to help you follow through. And we will troubleshoot and adjust every step of the way because at some point, things will not go as planned. That is normal. Very few solutions can be dreamed up once in one coaching session and then perfectly implemented from day one to forever. 
So we come up with a plan, you go out there and you actually try it. And then we look at what happened and we make further adjustments. And we just never stop trying until it's done. That is how you actually change your life. So let's get started today. Go to the link above and book a free coaching consult.